doing personally this this accidental series we've had called Opening Windows in Heaven and and then we sort of morphed it into leveling up because I think that is about leveling up. And in fact what I was just speaking of is is what some of us need to do to level up. But but we've been looking at this this verse, um, not this verse, we've been looking at a whole book of the Bible, um, which was a letter that Jesus' best mate John wrote. Um, and it's three John, so it's we've got a couple of his letters, obviously. And we've been well, I said we're gonna read through his whole letter and, and so we have been we started last week it's a short letter uh, there are three personalities in this letter three different people are mentioned besides John himself and it's sort of like the first guy is a guy hey we should be like this guy and that's that's John's good mate and then there's this other guy um John who wrote the letter it's his good mate he wrote the letter to his good mate and he's and he's commending his good mate saying we want to be like this guy and then there's another guy in the in the in this letter and we're going to be talking about him briefly today and the, John was pretty clear you don't want to be like that guy and then John finishes with this third guy and he's like yeah this is sort of who you want to be so that's kind of what this letter's about um, that's where we've been at and and last week actually we were talking about um, the part in the letter where it was talking about he was commending his good friend for supporting strangers in ministry and, and welcoming people who were serving Jesus into his home. And, um, and this whole concept of supporting um, ministry within the local church, but also strangers. And it was interesting, um, I think this was after the, was this prior? So two, so one, one of these conversations was prior to that message and then I had one post, actually I think it was that afternoon, where someone had said to me, hey, Pastor Shane, you know, me and my wife were... Um, we were contemplating this, we felt the Lord, I'll say it a different way, we felt the Lord place on our hearts, so two different conversations like this inside a week to be empowering ministry overseas, the ministry of strangers, and, and both these, these conversations were about building churches overseas. One, I can, I'll tell you where it was, it was um, in the highlands of Mindanao where the rebels had been in Philippines, and there's this, this commitment to build a church there for the people that are over there and have, sort of haven't got anything there because of the history and they're like, you just preached about, you know, investing in the ministry of strangers and all that. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'll probably cost you a fortune there. Um, but isn't this the Holy Spirit? You know, this is what God's doing. This is not what man's doing. This is what God is doing. And this is the whole idea of windows in heaven where we step out in faith. And we talked about the little guy with the, with the, um, the, the five loaves and the two fish last week. And we said, you know, because he gave what he had, that allowed 12 baskets. Everybody got fed five. Who knows how many basketfuls of food were generated by somebody who just decided to give what they had. And then all of a sudden, supernatural resource occurs and we sort of heard a little bit around that sort of on communion as well today um, but anyway it's time to get to the next guy so that was all the cool stuff we were talking about last week just going to have to bear with me for the first part of this this the, of this morning's message because it's the next bit in the letter um, so we're going to be talking about the second guy briefly in this letter this morning I call, I've entitled this message uh, level up kryptonite the fruit doesn't the fruit doesn't lie would you pray with me this morning Lord God I just thank you for everybody in the house I thank you that you do empower us I, I would not be the only one with feeling a bit ordinary this morning and yet we're here we're worshipping we're bringing glory to your name which is what we were created for and I, I just thank you for everyone in the room who found it a little bit difficult to get here today but said you know what I'm not going to let a little bit of tiredness I'm not going to let a little bit of um, other situations I'm not going to let a little, little, little bit of sickness stop me from bringing glory to your name this morning and so I thank 
Thank you, Lord God, that we can do that and we can gather. For this word, Lord, I pray that whatever is for us this morning, for us as individuals, as everyone's intent on the word, I pray that whatever in here is for us, we take. Lord God, I pray that our hearts, our lives, our minds, our souls would be open and there'll be something in here for everyone. And I pray that what's in it, we take. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So 3 John uh, is where we are at. As I said, it's only one chapter um, and we're going to be reading from uh, verse 9 this morning. So remember we talked about the good guy, they're throwing it up for me. Um, So I wrote to the church about this, but Diotrephes, um, who loves to be the leader, refuses to have anything to do with us. And last week we were talking about how, how John articulated that he was, he was the boss, even though he wasn't there, but verse 10 shows who the boss is. When I come, I'll report some of the things he's doing and the evil accusations he's making against us. Not only does he refuse to welcome the travelling teachers, he also tells others not to help them. And when they do help, he puts them out of the church. Dear friend, so he's talking to his good mate, remember, um, verse 11 there, don't let this bad example influence you. This is Jesus' best mate saying this. Follow only what is good. Remember that those who do good prove that they are God's children and those who do evil prove that they do not know God. Now, I'm kind of in the opinion that when John turns up to Gaius' church, that's the guy he's writing to, Diotrephes is going to be in some trouble. Diotrephes is um, he's going to be in some trouble. And, and I sort of also get the idea that um, Diotrephes is not getting any Christmas cards from John for a while, right? So his Diotrephes' inability to follow, it sort of said there he always wanted to be in charge. His inability to follow causes him to be a lightning rod of disunity in the church. His inability to follow creates in, creates in him this lightning rod of disunity. Can you imagine what it was like at this church where this clown, I don't know what sort of authority they gave him, but he's like, don't do this, don't do that. The leadership is saying do this. He's saying don't listen to him. He, and then and people that do do what the leadership has said, he, he encourages them not to come to church. Flip, you're going to be in a lot of trouble when the boss turns up. See, the absence of unity has always grieved the heart of God. You read the New Testament, half the letters are about it. But here's the thing for us as individuals. It'll stop you levelling up spiritually faster than anything I know. It's the major reason John wrote this letter. It's the, this guy is the major reason. He says, I've already written you about this. Now I'm writing to you about it again. And when I get there, I'm going to sort it out. It's, this is in the Bible. There's only three letters of his in the Bible. This one made it in. The absence of unity has always grieved the heart of God and it'll stop you levelling up spiritually faster than any, any, anything I know. Let's throw up a slide. I've, I've called this slide Level Up Kryptonite. We're going to throw it up for you. So this is what diatrophies. This is his MO according to Jesus' best mate. So, so diatrophies, he opposed and undermined authority, obviously. He was stingy towards others' ministry. Remember, we're talking about the strangers and ministry and stuff. And that's why I'm so encouraged when I'm just sitting at lunch with someone and say, hey, Shane, you know what? This is what we believe the Lord has asked us to do and um, build churches overseas for people we don't even know. That's the exact opposite of this. Stingy towards others' ministry, sowing division. He's telling people not to listen to the elders like, holy dooly. John says to his mate, he says, do not let this bad example influence you. 
I would say to you this morning, <laughs> do not let this bad example influence you. Keep away from people like that, lest you too become contaminated. In his second letter, this is probably, you can read this yourself, in John chapter 2, he actually chastises someone in that letter for allowing people like that in, his, in their house. Jesus is the best mate. Wow, that's huge, by the way. Those, but, but let's take this a step further. So this is this diatrophies guy, this context is church, whatever. But I would say this. Those who speak negatively all the time about their supervisors at work, their friends, their schoolmates, church leadership, people that are always dragging other people down. Don't hang out with those people. John would, if John was here, if Jesus' best mate that he was here this morning, he'd be like, people that are always dragging others down, you can do better than that in your life. That's what John would say. People that sow division anywhere, whether it be work or sporting club or even in families. John would say, do not let these people influence you because when I come, I'm going to sort them out. Make no mistake about this. Any perceived, this is, this is you know how I call this level up kryptonite, right? I, I called it that because catch this, this, you would understand this from this text as much as me. Make no mistake, any perceived authority or importance that Diotrephes thought he had was going to disappear as soon as John got there. It's level up kryptonite. He was about to have no influence, no level, nothing. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said it this way in verse um, Matthew chapter 7, they're going to throw it on the screen for you. In, in, sorry, Matthew chapter 7, reading from verse 15, Jesus himself said this, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep. But they're really vicious wolves. Where are the sheep sitting this morning? I'll let you work that out. You can identify them. This is key. You can identify them by their fruit. That is by the way they act. This is Jesus speaking. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Verse 17, a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. The fruit doesn't lie. The fruit doesn't lie. I think sometimes Sunday mornings can lie. I can lie on Sunday morning. Not supposed to. I was actually in a meeting during the week, actually, I'll tell you this, and um, don't tell anyone, probably don't put it on the internet, but I was, at, I was in this meeting, and actually all the town councils and the mayor was there, and I always had to speak to some topic, and um, <laughs> I was saying, uh, our, our MO at Life Church is we just beg, bar and steal whatever we can. <laughs> and then one of the councils who I know really well, he says, you wouldn't be stealing, would you, Shane? I said, depends whether Jesus is watching. That's a true story. But the truth of it is, this counsellor, I hope, knew what I knew, and that's Jesus is always watching, right? <laughs> so don't steal stuff. Um, there you go. You got that part for free. <laughs> but the fruit doesn't lie. The fruit doesn't lie. See, we can, I can stand here and say whatever I want on a Sunday morning in some ways, but if you want to know who Shane is, don't listen to my preaching. Look at my life. You know, do I have a good relationship with my wife? You know, do my kids, do my kids respect me? You know, do I respect my kids? You know, where's my finances at? I'm always borrowing money off people and stuff. The fruit doesn't lie. The fruit doesn't lie. 
The fruit doesn't lie. Can I just say that the wolves mention, I sort of half tongue-in-cheek mentioned this before, but the, t- the wolves mentioned by Jesus are in sheep's clothing. All right? So just be aware of that. So if Jesus is right, and my theory is most times he's found to be correct, there will be people in our flock today, even today, possibly spruiking negativity and disunity. If Jesus is right, we should expect it. That's interesting. Here's how you spot them. They're usually kings of compromise, but you can spot them by their fruit. You can spot them by their fruit. And level of influence usually. So because they're in sheep's clothing, they're hard to spot. And that's why we always check the fruit. I'm often shocked when I hear about somebody who was listening to somebody and I was like, why would you ever listen to that person? But you, you would if you don't understand the principle of fruit, right? Because sheep's clothing, it's hard to tell. Oh, I love you, Jesus, on a Sunday morning with my hand in the air. Fruit doesn't lie. And if you want to level up, let's, little talk, let's just skip out of that because that's not fun, that stuff, but let's skip out. Level up enhancer. So what's the opposite of that? We got that one up there? Yeah, beautiful. So empower the gospel message. This is the opposite of diatrophies or however you would say his name. Um, this is the exact opposite of what he does. And who, who, who John said, don't hang out with that guy. Don't let him influence you. Don't let what he says it permeate your soul and contaminate you. Instead, be like this guy. Empower the gospel message. Partner with the messengers. That's what, actually what this letter's about. Partner with the messengers. Don't have your own show. That's what Diotrephes was all about. Who can we partner with? Who can we share? Remember last week when we said um, that when we partner with someone, that, that fruit is our fruit. So when I partner, when this church partners or I personally partner with people, whether it be overseas or here, there's a whole heap of stuff. And I mentioned a heap last week. Um, so Jill mentioned the men's muster um, you know, around our announcements. And we've been partnering with different churches for that for well over a decade. Hundreds of people have been impacted. Hundreds. Hundreds of men right across this whole state. Why? Not because we had to have our own show and go, I want to be the boss. No, let's partner with somebody. Let's see if we can't make a massive difference for the kingdom. I can't remember if I shared this last week, but I was talking to, I probably didn't because I think this happened after the message. I was sharing with someone, I apologise if I shared this last week. I got brain fog like you would not believe this morning. But I was talking to someone who was on the town council when Angus Buchan, the, you know, Faith Like Potatoes, a big deal from South Africa, came to Roma. I was fortunate enough to play the guitar um, for that, for that um, whatever it was that we did it in Roma and then we did it in... Um, in, in Charleville as well. When we're in Charleville, did I share this last week? Too bad, I'm going to share it again. So when, so when we're in Charleville, so I was sharing, so this counsellor, this person I was chatting with last week, we we're organising the combined service. That's partnering, isn't it? So we were sitting, I was sitting with someone from another church and we were organising this combined service and then she was sharing with me about this time Angus came to town and I was like, you would, and, and she was on the council and they, you know, one of the town councils and they empowered the visit and whatever and I said, did you know? I said, did you know, when we were in Charleville for that, for that event, so we did the Roma event and then we did, the, it was like a crusade, that's the word I was looking before, the Roma crusade and then we did the Charleville crusade. I was sitting around with Angus and a couple of the other pastors, I wasn't a pastor at the time, and uh, he was sharing about the men's events he was doing in South Africa 
and then in the pastor current the pastor of this church at the time pastor Cole Muller pastor at um Charleville as well um they're like you know we need to do something that's what we need this is a big need we need to do that and I was at a share with this lady would you believe that was 08 I said would you believe there's a men's camp has been happening ever since and men right across Queensland have been coming to this camp and being empowered and, and um, being touched by the Holy Spirit and, and, and growing in their world and their life. And would you believe that's happened? You know what happened? It didn't happen because somebody needed to be the boss. It happened because people partnered together, partnered with the messengers. Uh, three, so unity wherever you can. And we saw church, we're in church, so we think church. But what about work? What about family? What about school? There's so many different places this applies. This isn't just about church stuff. This is life stuff. You want to level up. You want to increase your level of influence. The reason I was sitting with the town council is because I've partnered with so many people over the years. That's the only reason I was in the building. But that's influence, right? When you've got the whole council sitting in front of you telling them stuff. Is that influence? Do you know where it comes from? Sowing unity wherever you can. That's where it comes from. There's so many people that don't want to do that. They don't get the opportunity to talk to the whole council at once and apply truth. We're going to get to that in a second maybe, but it's there. We've been talking about that all year, haven't we? Applying truth, not being hearers of the word, but being doers of it. I, I know more truth than I'm ever going to apply in a lifetime today. I don't think I'm alone in that space. Anyway, in essence, we want to be like the next guy in the letter. We'll go back to the verses. So this is now 3 John chapter 1, verse 12. There's only one chapter. Well done, guys. You're really onto it today. Everyone speaks highly of this guy. Now, this is who you want to be. We talked about who you don't want to be. Let's forget him. Let's talk about the dude you want to be. Everybody speaks highly of Demetrius. I love this next line. Catch the next line because this is a key to the whole thing, as does the truth itself. Pretty sure it's on the screen. Everyone speaks highly of Demetrius, as does the truth itself. This is who you want to be. We ourselves can say the same for him. This is the elders in that. And you know we speak the truth. Verse 13, I have much more. To, this he sort of finishes up here. I have much more to say to you, but I won't write it down with a pen and ink. For I hope to see you soon, and then we'll talk face to face. Peace be with you. Your friends here send their greetings. Please give my personal greetings to each of our friends there. So that's the end of the, the whole book. So we read the whole book of Third John um, over the last two weeks. But the truth speaks highly of Demetrius. And that's a testimony you want. You want the truth to speak highly of you, Right? Channel a little bit of Demetrius in your life. We've been talking, what are we, August? We've been talking about it all year, applying truth. See, everybody, and, and when it says everyone, here's another thought for you. It says everyone speaks highly of Demetrius. Who does everybody include? Well, actually, it's everybody, right? <laughs> the church folk, you know, his teammates, if he sort of plays touch footy on, on Tuesday nights, his workmates, they speak highly of Demetrius. Family members, they're speaking highly of Demetrius. Everyone speaks highly of Demetrius. And I would suggest that the reason everybody speaks highly of Demetrius is because the truth does. If you want speak people to speak highly of you and you think, well, how do you get that to happen? Well, there's this book that they sort of wrote down over about 4,000 years. It's called the Bible. It's got a whole heap of stuff in there that if we actually would apply it, 
the truth would speak highly of us. Throw up the next slide for me, guys. Thank you. If you want to go fast, go alone. You know what? We've been watching a little bit of, um, and uh, spoiler alert, there's a bit of swearing in it, but <laughs> we've been watching, but well, the rest of it's all right. We've been watching um, this Formula One show, Drive to Survive, I think it's called on Netflix. And it's really interesting. It's a behind the scenes um, of the Formula One, and like it's like this sort of documentary type deal. And I know some of you, I'm assuming, have seen that. And it's amazing. These guys, these Formula One drivers, have the fastest reaction times of you know humanity. Can you imagine? You know, the Formula One drivers—they've got to be able to respond to everything so quickly. These guys, the guys that make—I mean, they're the—they're the best jolly drivers in the entire world. You know, there's 20 of them that are drive that drive Formula One, and then obviously they're coming in and out. But at any one time, there's only 20. They are the best. 20 racing drivers in the world. That's fairly top, isn't it? Like that's, that's what we would call elite. You think of a lot of sports that you can play at the elite level. There's more than 20 of you, you know, in the NBA. What's there in the NBA? Four, 500, 800 people, you know? They're the best, you know, 600 basketballs in the world that plays NBA. In the Formula One, there's only 20. These guys are good. They're very good. They're very fast. But here's the thing. If they want to go fast, all they need is them in a really good car. But if they want to, if they want to run races, there's a whole team. You've got to be in a good team. You know, I was watching one of them and someone put the wheel on a bit wrong and the brake failed and he loses. You know? If you want to win the driver's championship, you actually have to have a good team. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Go together. Go together. And this is what this Demetrius guy is like. The truth spoke highly of him. His friends spoke highly of him. People spoke highly of him. He was, in the, he was in the crowd. He was the people guy. And so he was going, going to go far. Not like this other clown who just wanted whatever. So often in life we get derailed because we pick the wrong team. Has this ever happened to you? It's happened to me. We get influenced by diatrophies instead of Demetrius. It ha- it's so easy. Why does it happen? Because it's easier. Isn't it easy when someone's it could be in a family or a work situation, apply it there, wherever your world is. Because does it make you feel better when, when someone's saying how someone else is dud, you know, this or that, and we all feel better about ourselves. Oh, yeah, well, I'm better than that. And all of a sudden, we just quickly sl- slide into this diatrophies state. Instead of Demetrius, we buy into it because people buy into negativity. People buy into negativity about their work or they'll buy into negativity about their spouse or they'll buy into negativity about their church. But the thing is, if you're buying into that, you're not levelling up because the truth isn't going to speak highly of you, is it? That's That's not what the truth is about. And these people, I've seen it, they don't level up, they level out. I tell you, Diotrephes is about to level out. (laughs) He's about to level out. Big time. Because he picked the easy road instead of the one less travelled, right? Buy into excuse talk, which makes you less likely to what? Open windows in heaven. Once you start buying into excuse talk, negative talk, you're less likely to move resource from the spiritual realm 
into the physical realm. Hang with the wrong crowd, listen to the wrong voices. Next thing you're no longer racing Formula One, you're on some backwater thing that, you know, competition nobody's heard about, nobody cares about, so I'm going to turn up in Wikipedia, right? Just running with the wrong crowd, listening to the wrong voices. But here's the thought for you today, it's not God's plan for you. His plan, and I mean everybody in the room, I don't care if you're 12 or 1,200. Actually, congratulations, Wendy, if you're here this morning, which are happy 80th from last night. Good job. Not quite 1,200, but you've got a few years to go on that. Well done, Wendy. But it doesn't matter how old we are. Here's the plan. God's plan for you is that your life were to echo in eternity. Who's, who, who, who here has gone, that's what God's plan for me, has already articulated that? Gone, you know what, I actually know what I'm on earth to do. I'm on earth so that my life would echo in eternity. That's Demetrius. That's God's plan for you, everybody in the building. And how often do we think that way? His plan for us is that we're moving so much resource. And I talked about the, the, um, this um, church building thing earlier, but we're going to be moving so much resource from heaven to earth. Remember, Jesus said to his disciples, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? That's moving the resource. God, what you're thinking in heaven, we want to make happen on earth. Okay, that's what that's about. God's plan for you is that you become the conduit for that. You're the one doing that. And his plan is that you're moving so much stuff, so much stuff from the unseen into the scene. You need your own transport company. Like call it like um, realm, realm mover or something like that where we're moving. That's God's plan for everybody. But we're just sort of stuck in our own little thing and we're thinking about simple jolly stuff that lasts no longer than us. He, God's plan for you is that when the devil sees you coming, and we talked about this at the start, you know, we're a crook or whatever, the devil sees you coming, they're calling for reinforcements, not the other way around. That's how it's supposed to be. You're like, hey man, but the truth is that's how it's supposed to be. God's plan for you isn't that the devil oppresses you. God's plan for you is that you kick the devil's backside so far he keeps away from you. That's my plan. If, and I can tell you this for a fact. Anytime the devil comes against me, this is what I say to him, you're going to regret that. You are going to regret that. That's how I talk to him and I don't do it often because I don't like it jolly even, I don't like just acknowledging that he's there. That's how some of us got to start playing this game. I'm sorry if this has turned into a heavy message. Half of this is in my notes. T.D. Jake said recently, your life rises to the level of your belief. You got, some of us have got to start believing some of the stuff we're hearing when we're preaching. That's called applying the word. You believe that the world is against you, it will be. You believe the devil can stop you, he will. You believe God can't use you mightily, he can't. He can't. However, however this, if you believe that he that is in you is mightier than he that is in the world, now they start writing songs about you. That's all it takes. And this is everybody. I might have said that. I just feel that this morning, some people have to grasp that what we teach here is for everyone. That's why I've said it 20 times. Don't think this is for elite Christians or something, whatever that might be. I'll never... <laughs> Movie reference. Anyone seen Lord of the Rings? I don't know which movie it is. But Frodo and his mate, Sam Wise... They're moving this little ring. They've got to destroy it so that the world can be a better place. Anyway, they're, anyway, they're, they're three quarters away on this journey and they've, they've come against extreme opposition, extreme opposition, and, and they just keep going. 
They want to give up all the time, but they just keep going. And then, uh, and then at some time, because um, they're chatting about, you know, what will, what will, how will history speak of us? What will, in the, down through the ages, what will people, when they talk about Frodo and Sam, what will they be saying? That's a good question to ask yourself, but I'll let you go. I wonder if they will write songs about us, Mr. Frodo. <laughs> and they talk about who's going to be the, you know, the biggest deal in the song. But I tell you, when you start to walk this way, when you start to believe that God has amazing plans for you to move resource from the unseen into the scene, when we start to realise that, stuff happens. All of a sudden, instead of living for temporal stuff that lasts, as I said earlier, less time than we do, all of a sudden we're living for, and are we living lives that are going to echo in eternity, that are going to be influenced, influenced forever. Eternity's a long time. Very long time. And something we don't often talk about is attracting the right crowd. I've said, you know, you get in the wrong crowd, um, it quickly goes pear-shaped. You're levelling up stops. But how do you attract the type of people that help you level up? How do you do that? Here's a tip. This is just like a life hack for you. If a voice is giving you an excuse for the truth to not speak highly of you, that voice is level up kryptonite. Wish I had a slide for that, actually. If a voice is giving you an excuse for the truth to not speak highly of you, that voice is level up kryptonite. See, Jesus was a friend of sinners, right? He is completely full of grace, and yet he inspired people every day to walk away from their sin. People want to talk about, you know, all the stuff, you know, Jesus was this, but Jesus never sinned. Jesus lived a perfect life and Jesus inspired people every day to walk away from their sin. Jesus was surrounded. I was thinking about this. If you're God, which Jesus was, imagine how much temptation you're surrounded with on a daily basis. Now imagine how many people you could zap. <laughs> now now you t- I'm talking your lingo. <laughs> I, I reckon this, and I've got no statistics to back it up, but most of you know, you know 90% of statistics are made up on the spot. Um, but I reckon Jesus was surrounded by more temptation than this room, this room in our combined lifetimes. Probably just today, in one day, Jesus probably was. And yet the truth spoke highly of him. See, the fruit doesn't lie, right? The fruit doesn't lie. The way you attract people into your world, and I'll try and bring this to a close, the way you attract people into your world that help you to level up, and this is important for every one of us, is to start getting the truth to speak highly of you. See, John was going to Demetrius or Gaius' house for lunch, not diatrophies, right? Do you want to marry a godly... I'm just going to read this so we can get through it. Do you want to marry a godly individual? And this might sound a little Captain Obvious, but become a godly person, all right? Quit compromising everywhere in your life. Finances, substance abuse, attendance in God's house, relationship. Surround yourself with voices who help you journey towards being awesome, not help you make excuses to be ordinary. It makes sense, doesn't it? I reckon it does. Truth is this. This is my favourite verse in the Bible by far. Matthew 6, 33. This is the only verse you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you what? (laughs) Everything you need. (laughs) Everything you need. Everything you need. 
Most Christians seek the kingdom last, live carnally and wonder why windows in heaven in their area of need remain shut. That's how we live usually. I hear it all the time. I'll do this when, I'll do that when, I'll serve Jesus when, I'll give financially when, I'll blah, 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 blah. I was like, what? Now, if you've ever said that to me, I apologise, but that's dumb. Because what, what did Jesus, that's Jesus speaking, you realise, in Matthew 6. He said, seek the kingdom first. Then you get the things you wanted. Well, not wanted, needed, which are two different things. The fruit doesn't lie. I believe if this was the only truth that the Bible that spoke highly of us, you'd be doing okay. Why do you need to level up? Why do you need to level up? Or what do you need to level up? I heard just this week about a couple in our church who want to level up their finances. So they sought out another family in the church who does well in that area and asked to journey together. See, the truth will speak highly and the fruit doesn't lie. What area are you looking to level up? Let's have a look at some. Let's find some truth and apply it. I can't forgive Pete, this such and such a person. We'll start praying a blessing over that person. That's called applying truth, right? Then the truth would seek highly of you. I need to find a spouse. I would say this, start putting the kingdom first and then everything you need gets added, right? Yeah, seek the kingdom first. That's what, I'm just repeating the words of Jesus there. My kids are all over the shop. I didn't really know how to write that. <laughs> you get that? My kids are all over the shop. Uh, find a mentor displaying some good fruit and ask him for some advice. Hey, what are you doing about that? My finances are keeping me up at night. Well, maybe you should step out in faith and start applying God's economic engine that we talk about here because I can't help you otherwise. If you're not following what the pattern, that godly pattern that God put down, I don't feel connected at church. Well, maybe you should commit to a small group. You know, I'm not going spiritually here. Well, for heaven's sake, join a small group. I'm in a small group. We'll start serving sacrificially. And I tell you what, not only will you grow, but you'll grab ownership faster than you've ever believed. That's how it works. The fruit doesn't lie. The real secret to levelling up then is to identify the voices in your life making excuses for you to be less and stop listening to them. And sometimes that's in your own head too, by the way. But once you identify those voices influencing you to be less, replace them. Replace them with voices propelling you forward and start applying what you already know. You'll start living the Demetrius life. You'll start attracting the people who are better for you. You'll start seeing heaven being released in your earth. You'll have less storms in life that you created. You'll be better equipped to deal with the storms in your life that somebody else created. And the truth will start speaking highly of you. That's what it looks like. John prayed at the start of this letter, we talked about it last week, that his friend Gaius would prosper just as his soul was prospering having found Jesus. And that's Jesus' prayer for all of us, that every area of our life is prospering. But for that to happen, we just got to be humble enough and fight the temptation to be influenced by the diotrophies. I've said that 20 different ways this morning. <laughs> and start applying the truth. Don't be influenced by diatrophies. Apply the truth and you, you can't help but go to the next level. It's just what happens. It's just a natural state. And remember this, as we do that, that the fruit don't lie. The fruit don't lie. Would you stand with me this morning? I appreciate your attentiveness. We're going to pray. I'll just invite the worship team. And so I'm going to pray that this morning. I'm not going to pray that happens. I'm going to pray for the revelation of it. 
And uh, I'd appreciate if you could join with me in that prayer. Lord God, I thank you for this morning. I, I thank you, as I said at the start of this message, everybody who made it here today, everybody who said, I'm going to honour God. I'm going to make it to God's house this morning. I thank you for that. And I praise you for that. But Lord God, this morning, even as we come to honour you, there's something that you're trying to tell us. And what you, I believe what you're trying to say this morning is that each one, you have ordained each one. You have chosen each one. Everybody in the house, Lord God, you have a plan for a life that echoes in eternity. You have a, you have a plan for a life that's, that's opening windows in heaven. You have a plan for a life that is, by being obedient, by applying the Word of God, is, is dragging resource from the spiritual realm and letting it blossom in the physical realm. And so, Lord God, this morning, we could sit here and pray about, hey, God, you know, help us or whatever. But I think all we need is a revelation that that's true. And then the rest of it will work itself out. So, Lord God, I pray over us as a congregation, you know, maybe even corporately as a church, that as a church we understand that. You know, your will for this church is that the fruit of this church would echo for eternity. Just as your will is for each one of us, no matter how young or old in the house today, that you have a plan that our lives would echo in eternity. And Lord God, I pray that as we get that revelation as individuals, you'll be able to help us to unpack what that looks like. And I thank you for your word. I thank you for all the stuff you wrote down to help us do this life awesome. And Lord God, I pray that you'd help us apply that every day. In Jesus' name we pray.